Last Sunday, we began with uh, one single verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We've been in 1 Corinthians for some weeks now, and we were talking about Paul's letter to a broken church. And uh, we've acknowledged that, uh, you know, we have a broken steeple, but there are also other things that are broken because every church is broken to some degree or another. There are things that, that the Lord would alert us to that need to be changed in our lives and, and in our relationship with him. And I hope that the Lord is making you alert to some of those things. But our key verse last week was 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 22, where Paul, he said, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. And so the title of the message last week was The Table of the Lord. And today the title of the message is uh, The Table of the Lord or Table Fellowship with Jesus, Barriers to that Table Fellowship. Did you know that there are only two places in the entire scripture where this phrase, the table of the Lord, is to be found? And each one of them are significant in their own way. You might be surprised that one of those is found in the book of Malachi, where the table of the Lord uh, is an altar. And so what the scripture does, what Paul essentially does, when he connects the table of the Lord in the New Testament and the table of the Lord in the Old Testament, he's showing us that our table of the Lord is an altar, and an altar is a place of worship, also a place of sacrifice. We often think of this altar, uh, but this altar is not the kind of altar that Paul is talking about when he talks of the table of the Lord. The table of the Lord he was talking about was that intimate service of worship that the church would have when they would partake of the Lord's Supper. And that's what we're going to be doing in the weeks ahead, and we're preparing for that. But we're looking at it from this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll be moving into 1 Corinthians chapter 11 today. But first, we need to consider that significant passage in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. And I'll read those verses to you. The Lord says here, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? He said, you are presenting defiled food on my altar. But you say, how, we have, how have we defiled you? He says, here it is, in that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. That altar where the sacrifice is made, that altar that you eat of, that altar that you partake of, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit, is of no value, it's of no good, it's not holy, it's not to be honored, it's not to be respected, it's not to be valued. And you say, how have we despised you? And he says, when you present is it not when you present the lame and the sick uh, for a sacrifice? Is, not, is that not evil? Would you offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? But now will you 
not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? Will he accept any offering on your part, or will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you that would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. And we'll stop right there. We won't read the rest of it. Uh, but did you hear the word from the Lord that he was not pleased? So the table of the, of the Lord in the Old Testament was a place of sacrifice. It was an altar where the priests would come to offer the sacrifice that, that was for them, a sacrifice that was effective for, their, for, for the forgiveness of their sins. And did you know that when that priest would offer that sacrifice on that altar at the table of the Lord, did you know that the priest would also partake of that sacrifice? That he would eat a portion of that sacrifice? And that by doing so, he was identifying himself with that sacrifice, saying, this lamb that has been sacrificed was sacrificed for me as a sacrifice for my sins. Now, I don't know if you've caught up with our discussion from last week, those of you who were not here but again, the table of the Lord that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians is that place where we celebrate the act of communion. And he uses that very word in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, the, the cup of communion which we bless. And the word communion is the Greek word for fellowship or sharing or intimacy. It's a time of coming together for fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, you have been called into fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the table of the Lord is a place where we come and we partake of the sacrifice like the priest did in the Old Testament to identify that that sacrifice alone is effective for the forgiveness of our sins. But I remind you of what Paul said. He said, you cannot partake of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. And so that leads us to the questions that we asked last week. There were a few of them. Number one was, can I sit at the Lord's table examining my heart? Can I sit there? And whose table do I prefer? Have I been sitting at the table of culture? Have I been drinking from the cup of culture? rather than from the cup of the Lord and sitting at the table of the Lord? And have I been trying to do both at the same time? Have I been trying to have one foot in the devil's camp and one foot in the Lord's camp at the same time? And the Bible says here, it simply is not possible. And then we heard Jesus issue his invitation to that other broken church in the New Testament, the church at Laodicea, where the whole church had so related to Jesus that he left the congregation, and he was standing outside the door. They didn't even know he wasn't there anymore, which I think happens in a lot of churches from time to time. And often in our lives, the Lord has withdrawn from us, and we are not aware that he's withdrawn. And at that church, he was standing on the outside, and he was knocking at the door. And he said, Behold, I stand at the door. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him. They would take the cup. I will sup with him and he with me. There would be intimate fellowship again 
But that is if you repent, and that's the last question we asked last week. Can I repent and return to the Lord's table? And let's just say if there is no repentance and opportunity to return, then there is no hope for any of us. For from time to time, all of us have a broken relationship with our Lord. Now we want to move to chapter 11, verse 17. That's our text for today, our main text, where Paul continues his uh, instructions concerning partaking of the Lord's table. Verse 17, but in giving this instruction, he says to these Corinthians, I do not praise you because you come together not for the better but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I will not praise you in this. Now this morning what we're going to do from this passage of scripture is move forward and look at some barriers to table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first of those barriers we covered pretty much last week and that was idols in the heart. If I have an idol in my heart, something I have put before the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, it might be the money in my pocketbook, It might be some passion or priority that I have that keeps me from being in church on Sunday. Something that separates me from full identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. From being the person God wants me to be. From living the life God wants me to live. That thing has become an idol in my life. In Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 3, God spoke through Ezekiel and he said, Son of man, These men, and he was talking about the people in the temple that were pretending to worship God. He said, these men have set up idols in their hearts. They have put right before me, right before my face and their faces, the stumbling block of their iniquity. Should I be consulted by them at all? In other words, the same, essentially the same thing. We read from the book of Malachi. The priests would come and offer the sacrifice and partake of it. And they did so lightly. They had idols in their hearts. There were barriers between them and true fellowship with God at that altar. And the Lord said, and then you will come and ask me for my favor. You will come and ask me to bless you. And he said, do you think I'm going to bless you? And here in the book of Ezekiel, God says, should I be consulted by these people at all? Should they be asking me for guidance? Should they be asking me for help? Should they be be asking me for healing? He said, I will not be consulted by them at all. And of course, you know, in Psalms it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It doesn't matter how many prayers I pray. God is not going to hear me that prayer. 
When Jesus gathered his disciples together for the last time, he sent out one man who had the devil in his heart, and yet they all came and sat at the table together on that last night. We talked about that last week, all 12 disciples, and, and they all were going to identify with Jesus. They all were going to take the bread and take the cup. But the Bible says that when Judas took the bread, that Satan entered his heart. And the cup of the Lord that he passed to the other disciples never touched the lips of Judas. At that moment, Jesus said to Judas, what you do, do quickly. Get your feet out from under my table. There will be no fellowship between you and me. There's a separation in our fellowship. There's some beautiful pictures of table fellowship with the Lord in the Bible. One of those comes from uh, the book of uh, I believe it's in 2 Samuel, where David seeks out someone from the house of Saul to whom he can show the kindness of God's love. And it turns out that that would be a grandson of Saul named Mephibosheth, who when he was found by the servant of David was lame in both feet. He couldn't walk. And he was absolutely destitute. He had nothing. And yet in the grace and mercy of God, David had Mephibosheth brought to his home and every day someone picked him up and seated him at David's table. He had a place of honor. And so also you have in the Bible the story of the rich man and Lazarus and the rich man died and when he died he was buried but he opened his eyes in torment and then Lazarus, the poor beggar who'd been content to eat the garbage that was raked off the rich man's table found himself seated in heaven at a table with Abraham. It was a place of honor. To be seated at the table of the Lord is a great place of honor. And it should be treated so. The table of the Lord, if you've, connected, if you've not connected it yet, the table of the Lord in the Old Testament was an altar. The table of the Lord in the New Testament is also an altar. It represents an altar that we eat from, that we celebrate our Lord's sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. So number one, the first thing that will separate us, that will be a barrier to table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, are idols in the heart. But number two is an inferior sacrifice. And we read about that in the book of Malachi when they were offering sick animals and lame animals uh, that were not worthy of the Lord's worship. They lost sight of the holiness and the sanctity of God's table and they dishonored God. And what did God say about those men who carried idols in their heart, who, who insulted uh, his holiness by this inferior sacrifice? He said, will I treat any of you kindly? Now you think about that. You think about that because we're coming to some other more severe scriptures here in just the next week. The Lord said, am I going to treat you kindly? Are you going to ask me for anything? You expect fellowship with me, and yet you come to my table with barriers between you and me, with idols in your heart, and you come with inferior worship. What would inferior worship look like today? Well, then they brought lame and sickly animals for a sacrifice. Today, inferior worship is less than my best. If I'm giving the Lord less than the best of my service, less than the best of my giving, 
less than the best of my faithfulness, less than the best of my heart, allowing other plans and priorities ahead of my worship and faithfulness to Jesus. And listen, an inferior sacrifice is anything other than a lamb without blemish. Did you know the only sacrifice that's effective for the forgiveness of your sin is a lamb without blemish? And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you offer to God in place of that your good works? When you come to take the cup at the Lord's table and you look at that cup, do you say, well, I think I can take this cup because I've been a pretty good guy or I've been a pretty good woman? Do you think you can offer your good works to God? Would you offer to God the fact that, oh, I give a lot of money to the church or I teach in the church or I serve in the church? You can offer to God nothing but the sacrifice that he has offered in your behalf, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you come there to take of the cup and eat of the bread, you, like the priest in the Old Testament, come to that altar and you partake of that sacrifice in, as an act of identification, saying, this is the blood of Jesus that was spilled for me. This is the body of Jesus that was broken for me. And this alone is effective for the forgiveness of my sins. And then in the, the Old Testament, the Lord said it would be better for you not to even gather together. It would be better to shut the gates. And here in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, when you come together, you come together for, for worse and not for better. And so here's the third barrier to table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is an infection in the fellowship. By the way, this word come together here is a very intimate term. You might not see it that way. He said when you come together for the Lord's Supper, when you come together, and if you take that same expression and you read it in another place, it says... Before Mary and Joseph came together, she was found to be with child. You see the intimacy there. But we are never closer as husband and wife or as a congregation of believers than when we come together for table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But if there is, if there is an infection in the fellowship, if there is a broken relationship between me and my brothers in Christ, then there is brokenness in the relationship with Christ, and that will be a barrier to my table fellowship with Jesus. Paul pointed out that there was no coming together in that church. There was selfishness. There was pettiness. There were cliques. There were factions. There was brother against brother and sister against sister. They would come to the same table. Can you imagine? I'm going to sit at the table but really not be part of the family. I'm going to have a separation between me and Christ. The last barrier to table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is inadmissible worship. Now I remind you that in the Old Testament, the table of the Lord was an altar. It's only found two times in the Bible, remember. In the first place you find it in the Old Testament, the table of the Lord is an altar. And the table of the Lord, Paul picks up that expression, talks about the Lord's Supper. And he's saying, that's your altar. That's the altar that you eat from. And he said, coming to the table of the Lord is a place where we remember 
that the only acceptable sacrifice for our sins is the sinless, spotless blood of the Lamb. And if I come to that table and I am not prepared, then my worship is not acceptable to God. And if my worship is not acceptable to God when I come to that table, then my prayers are not acceptable to God. My offerings are not acceptable to God. My worship is not acceptable to God. It's a barrier between me and table fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus would say to me like he said to Judas, you, either, you need to decide whose table you're going to sit at. You're either going to sit at mine or you're going to sit at the devil's. You can't sit at the table of the Lord and have one foot in the devil's camp and one foot in the Lord's camp. You cannot do it. Let me give you an interesting scripture that perhaps you've not thought of. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Jesus said, So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, or when you come and give your gift at the altar, what altar are we talking about? You think it's this altar? It's not this altar. When you come, what sacrifice do you have other than the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? What sacrifice can you hold up to the Lord other than his blood which was shed for you? Other than his body that was broken for you? And the Lord says, so if you come to the altar with your gift or your sacrifice and suddenly remember someone has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. And first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift to God. Inadmissible worship. The relationship between me and the Lord is broken. And you, what the Lord is seeking to do is mend that relationship. That's the whole point of what Paul is writing 1 Corinthians for. When Jesus stood outside the door of that church at Laodicea and he knocked at the door. He was not only outside the door of the whole church, but he was outside the door of the hearts of individuals whose relationship with him was broken. And that might be the case in your life today. Not just a little broken, but completely broken. And you know it so. You know it so. You can't even pretend when you come. If, you were, if we were to have the Lord's Supper today and you were to come to the table of the Lord... You can't even pretend that you have a relationship with the Lord because you know it's broken. Do you not think the Lord knows that? What would the Lord say to you? First, he would say, I can't receive you kindly. I can't be consulted by you. I can't even hear your prayers. But, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, that's a wonderful opportunity when God speaks. When God speaks, that's, that's, a, that's a divine appointment. It's a divine appointment. If any man hear my voice and open the door, that's the desire of our Lord. Our Lord desires to have fellowship with us. He desires to have fellowship with us as a church. But first I have to hear him. I have to hear him speaking to me. 
and I have to open the door. He says, if you will open the door, you are you. I will come in and sup with you and you with me. That's the opportunity our Lord is giving us, the opportunity he's preparing us for. And in a week or two down the road, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have the table of the Lord spread down here. And you are going to come individually to the table of the Lord if you can. Let's pray.